0: Fig Jam Podcast Episode 2. Hi, I'm Catherine and welcome to Fig Jam Podcast's second episode where we're going to be discussing all things negative self-talk. Before we jump in today, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to you guys who are listening and following us on this journey to positive self-love and development. Um, it's so reassuring to see some of the interactions we're getting on our socials around what you guys are doing to better yourselves as well. And I so appreciate reading and hearing about those stories. So keep that up. It is absolutely inspirational for me on my own um, self-esteem journey as well. So negative self-talk today, what do we mean when we say negative self-talk? Because I think that when you're thinking about negative self-talk or you're thinking about why your self-esteem is so low or any of those things, we don't tend to think about how do we unpack it to what we know or how do we unpack it to be at, I guess, a level where we fully understand what's happening because when we can fully understand what's happening in our own brain or in our own self-narrative, we can then start to change our processes or change our behavior in a way that's going to then help us to, um you know, get to a point where we can really modify our actions and behavior for the better. And I guess there's a lot of different ways we do that. And I'm going to start with negative self-talk because I think this is a thing that applies to so many people. Negative self-talk, like you guys all will have this little critic inside of you, this little, um, your conscience, your voice, your, some people don't hear it. Some people see it. Um, the little person inside you that tells you what's right and wrong. Um, They'll tell you if something's a good idea or a bad idea, but they're also the person who tells you if you did a good job or you didn't do a good job. And more often than not, I know people have, you know, as soon as something happens or as soon as something goes wrong, there's an emphasis of you're the worst person in the world. I don't want anything to do with you. So it's absolutely... This idea of your inner critic going crazy and taking over your story and your life, and really every time they jump in and say something about you, about your skill ability, about your appearance, about all of those things that you're insecure about, every time they jump in and engage in this negative self talk, and you and essentially you're telling that to yourself, that's when we get some really significant mental health and I guess um, like self-esteem problems going on. So negative self-talk often is repeated events where your inner critic is constantly criticizing everything you do. And it's the negative stories we tell ourselves that we focus on. So they often say, I think it's that, you know, you could be told something that you do really well 15 times And that'll be how long it takes you to remember that you've done something well. But if someone tells you you do something wrong, you remember that on repeat. And that's your inner critic or your conscience, I guess, adopting that mentality and then perpetuating that in everything you do. So, you know, if you cook a meal for your family and then someone says this is really bad cooking, you might have cooked 15 meals for your family that have been really, really great up until that point. But then you will only remember that negative comment you got. It creates a whole bunch of stress in our lives. So your negative self-talk and you constantly being down on yourself really impinges on your self-esteem and self-confidence and it actually causes a lot of stress. And we'll go into some of the physiological factors of why negative self-talk is so bad shortly. But a lot of the time, like if you think okay, it causes stress, then what is my body going to do in a reaction to stress? We're going to have cortisol production. We're going to have, my heart rate's going to increase. We're going to have all sorts of things as a result because of this stress in our lives. And you don't even have to be a scientist or a doctor or anything to know that stress has really negative physiological effects on your body. And we want to try and avoid and reduce the amount of stress that we're feeling at any one time so I guess when you think about negative self-talk remember that if your inner critic is telling you something negative that this is going to cause stress for you even if it doesn't cause stress for you on a really conscious level it could be on a really subconscious level that you're getting this stress um happening to you and even that can still cause your physiological symptoms we were talking about earlier so being really careful about what you're allowing your mind to tell you and and what you're allowing your mind to believe, I guess too, because for some people and and I would class myself in this category is that, you know, if my inner voice is telling me I really trust a lot of what my own brain has the capability of doing and, and what my brain tells me. And so if my brain tells me I'm doing something wrong or if I've done like that I'm um not skilled enough to do something, I often will believe it. And sometimes that's not True. So if our inner critics are telling us something that we already know that we're insecure about, you, as as you, you would be believing your brain as well, because why would we think that our own brain would be playing tricks on us, right? You would believe that too. And so I guess what I'm trying to get at is making sure that you are only honoring things that don't contribute to your stress levels. And there's a difference between stress and pressure, which we'll talk about another time, but Honoring your own body and your own mind about what what's causing you stress, what's causing you worry, and making sure that that stuff isn't involved in your life is going to be is is what we really aim for, right? I kind of touched on it just then a little bit as well, but when we what we know about negative self talk is it actually really alters the reality of a situation. So when I was talking about the cooking example earlier or um how, you know, we really trust what our brains believe and what they do, um, if we're actually believing that and we're not analysing or critiquing what our brain is telling us, it changes the way we perceive reality and it can really alter where we're sitting in relation to what we understand reality to be. And... So if we go back to the cooking example, just because someone's told you once upon a time that you're not a good cook doesn't necessarily mean that you actually aren't a good cook. It could really mean that you just put too much pepper in one night or, or anything like that. But if you then base your entire situation off that one perception, you are then changing your entire reality to fit one idea it also causes really limited thinking. So, And I guess I'll touch on when we talk about positive mindsets and how we, we change to a positive mindset. When When you're thinking negative self-talk, you really are in a fixed mindset. You're not thinking about growth and development. You are simply in this space of, I am sitting in a space of fixed mindset i'm not good at cooking i can never get better um one person said i was bad that means i'm bad it's very fixed it's very determined versus when we talk about a growth mindset which is obviously what we all aim for and it's not always possible it's we see things as challenges and we want to grow and we want to develop and we see things as options or um circumstances as opposed to the be all and end all definitive answer that a fixed mindset promotes So I guess being mindful that when you're, if you're getting self-talks, I know that sometimes I don't even know if negative self-talk is happening. I don't don't know if it's negative self-talk or if it's just self-talk in general. Sometimes it happens and I don't even pick up on what my brain's actually telling me. Like, um, I know that for some days, like, you know, with coronavirus being around, if I would spend the day by myself and I wouldn't necessarily talk to anyone, how often during that day did I comment in my head and about what I was doing or how I was doing something or whether I needed to do something differently or that sort of thing there would have been a bazillion times when that actually happened and so knowing that 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 voice is a fixed mindset voice that's talking to me which is why it's negative can be really helpful if I if I think something and I'm like and then I start to feel really helpless or hopeless because if I start to feel that way I can then adopt a growth mindset and reframe my thinking. And we will talk a little bit more about that a little bit later on in how we're going to change our perceptions to flip towards the better. I guess one of my big worries about negative self-talk and probably one of the reasons why it contributes so highly to mental health issues or illness um, is around its promotion of perfectionism. So we all have this idea of what being perfect means or what it entails or how we do it. But no one is ever, ever at that level. And I think that when we know negative self-talk, we already talked about a fixed mindset because a fixed mindset says you either do this or you do this. And only one of them means that you're correct. So it really eliminates, I guess, the non-perfect people in the situation or the non-perfect behavior in the situation. And so when you have that fixed mindset approach, if you're then engaging in activities, the your the perfectionism that accompanies that is also going to feed into it. And you're never going to feel that. What you are is good enough or big enough or worthy enough because you're never, ever going to reach that perfection level that you've been craving. And so that perfectionism stuff is really, really unattainable. And so it's never, ever, the inner critic is never going to be happy. And I guess I really want to flag that I know I just said a couple of things around inner voice is saying, you're never going to be enough. And that's actually true. But what I'm trying to get at is you're never going to be at the level of perfect. You can be amazing and you can be great and really highly skilled and highly um, valued and things like that. But if you've got that fixed mindset, no matter how skilled you are, no matter how valued you are, you know, no matter how great you are at doing things or in your relationships or anything like that, if you're still not perfect, Your inner critic is going to keep criticizing you. And I'm going to tell you right now, no one ever gets to the perfect level because there is no such thing. So I guess negative self-talk has a lot of different ways we understand it and we understand its implications. But I just wanted to flag some of those things before we jump right in. So we have some different types of negative self-talk and how they... Come across because sometimes I guess you know it's really hard to identify if something is a positive self talk or if something's a negative self talk. So, there's kind of when we talk about negative self talk, there's kind of four really key types of negative self talk, and just identifying that we have lots of different types of positive self talk as well. But for the purpose of this podcast, I'm just going to be talking about the four types of negative self talk, and they're going to be filtering personalizing, catastrophizing, and polarizing. So if you're filtering, um, you, what you'll do is you'll look at a situation and you'll look at the negative aspects of the situation. So essentially, you're filtering out all the positive stuff, right? So you're looking at a situation where you did, and oftentimes I find that I do this a lot when I was um, studying my bachelor's and master's degrees, and I will look at my work and there's lots and lots of things that I did well But there's like one or two things that I didn't do so well. And so the one or two things I didn't do so well, I focus on. And a lot of what our society teaches us promotes this mindset. Because, you know, if you're bad at something or you haven't done things to the same level, you need to get everything up to scratch because you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? Well, what that does is that this doesn't help you celebrate the wins you have. It also sets unrealistic expectations for yourself around how you're going to make sure that you can do even better next time. So if I do another assessment piece and I then have the same issues in my work or I um, didn't manage to um, get the grade I wanted because of those and and I'm not celebrating the good stuff, What's gonna happen next time? It could be a whole bunch of different things. I could raise the marks of the lower ones, but I might might fall down in the in the bigger ones. Or, you know, if someone compliments you for something, you work really hard on that thing and you work to try and overachieve on the next time that you're being held accountable for that. There's a whole bunch of different things that this filtering has an issue of. And absolutely everyone does this. This is not something limited to you. It's not something limited to me. It is something that every single person in the universe does. They absolutely do this filtering because it's much easier to focus on the negative because that's what we need to fix. That's what we need to address. And everyone does it. The second type is personalizing. So if you're a person who at oftentimes we find that these people are the people who are very emotionally inclined and very um, individual task focused type people. And if you don't know what type of personality type you have i would highly highly recommend you completing a personality test my personal favorite is the myers-briggs adopted method with 16 personalities.com um there's a link for it in our instagram bio if you can't find it but essentially you do a test about your behavioral preferences and then you get a um a tendency towards whether you're extroverted introverted emotionally inclined more um logical, all of these different things. And and what that aims to tell you is how do you approach situations and how do you understand information that's given to you? How do you understand your relationships? All of those sort of things. But I guess I'm trying to get at is in, pers- in the personalizing type of negative self-talk, we'll often see this a lot with people who um, are really individually task focused and, and don't really have very much perception or awareness around what's going on for the people around them. They're not very good at um, synthesizing ideas or understanding the, the synthesis of a team. Um, they might be really good team workers because they get all their stuff done, but they struggle with identifying um, how teams work and how teams come together. And what this type of self self-talk does is around, you know, if something bad happens in the team or something bad happens in the context, they automatically blame themselves. And, you know, it could be that you guys missed it. It could be that there's a deadline that's missed at work. And then all of a sudden, it's not necessarily that one person's fault, but it's a collective about five or six people's fault. And the person will take all of the responsibility. That's a really direct situation. There's also a bunch of examples where it's not as clear cut. So, for example, you could hypothetically say you know if um if you're working a shift and then someone who you were meant to be on shift with calls in sick you then personalize that negative self-talk as that the reason they didn't come to shift is because they didn't want to be around me and I think that that is a really extrapolated version of negative self-talk but it absolutely happens and for some of you who really think who are very individually task focused and also really emotionally minded it's a really strong Perception that persists for you guys in how does that happen for me? I find that I do the filtering one a hell of a lot more than I do the personalizing one because um, I'm a very syn. Um, I I synthesize ideas and I'm very even though I am feeling minded, I'm very much about a group of people as opposed to individual objectives. So um, around you know the like team culture and things like that. So personalizing the negative self-talk. Because what that narrative then looks like is you cutting into your self-esteem and self-confidence based on what um, someone else has done or said or how they've acted because of something that's unrelated. And then you attribute all of the blame to yourself. The next type of negative self-talk is catastrophizing. So that means that you automatically anticipate the worst. And I do this all the time. So it's, and often people, this is really, really common in um, organizations in a workplace, but it's also really common at home too, because, you know, it's the things like planning for the worst, hoping for the best. And if you have friends or family who are going overseas, you know, how many of us don't have, how, how many of us do take out um, private health insurance because we make sure that we're anticipating the worst um around what's happening and that's a pretty mediocre um example but it could be that you know you wake up in the morning and something bad happens so then you're like oh no this is going to be a whole bad day so catastrophizing takes that one bad event or the one possible bad event and really extrapolates it and takes it to a whole nother level where you don't even know where you're going the last type of negative self-talk is polarizing. So this is when you really see things in black and white and there's no shades of gray. You can't be in between. There's no area of some good, some bad. It's you're right, you're wrong. And it's either perfection or non-perfection. And this plays into the some of the perfectionism stuff that I was talking about a little bit earlier around what do you do With you, you will never be able to reach the perfection. So if you're not perfect, you'll always be a failure, and that is really damaging for your self esteem. Um, oftentimes with some of the clients I've worked with, in particular, I see this a lot with, um, children who have autism spectrum disorder, and a lot of that is around the the nature of that disorder and their rigid thinking and not being able to comprehend the the shades of gray that that exist there. So it's either right or it's wrong, or it's right or it's wrong, and you know, if you're wrong, that really sends a really big spin for you, because if you're wrong, you have to fix it and you have to do better things and all of that stuff. So that is a really huge spiral to be going down when it may or may not even be true, because I guess what what we talked about is that fixed mindset. And, and if you are going to then adopt a growth mindset from there, you can then identify you know, if if I'm wrong, that's okay, because this is what I've learned from that challenge, or this is what I'm going to improve on next time. So using that to your advantage is going to be very helpful. But I understand that it's a type of self-talk that does happen for people in a negative context currently. Something that's really interesting when you go and research negative self-talk and I guess the corresponding self-confidence, self-esteem stuff that goes along with it is just around how females are particularly bad at this. And what I mean by that is that females tend to have a really huge amount of negative self-talk going through their brains. They often have... um lots of ideas around what they can't do, what's limiting, all of those sort of things. And kind of made me a little bit worried about where we're sitting in society at the moment, because I guess, and I looked into it quite a lot around why are females so affected by negative self-talk. And I think that there is a really huge application here of the The difference in gender equality and respect and a lot of that oppression that occurred quite a number of years ago now. We're absolutely not the place that we used to be. I'm not saying that at all, but a lot of the oppression that previously happened meant that there's still presently a huge gap in confidence for men and women. And that there isn't really a ta- a place for women to be able to gain that confidence that they needed um, throughout history due to the oppression. So being really mindful that that is something that is really still present to this day and age. And is the reason why men and women both have quite negative viewpoints of themselves and their self-care too. Um, oh, sorry, self-talk. The negative self-talk stuff is going on. Lastly, just before we talk about how do we go to fixing this, I just wanted to talk quickly about some of the physical health effects that happen when we are engaging in negative self-talk. So obviously the creation of stress releases cortisol into the body, which induces a whole bunch of different processes. And I'm hoping we can talk a lot more about stress and cortisol and hormones in another session. Um, But being mindful that when you have cortisol released in the body, you're less likely to respond appropriately with um, an emotionally intelligent lens. You're less likely to be able to um, sleep soundly and have really well-rested sleep. You're less likely to choose good food to eat. Your behavior is really significantly affected. You will feel that you need food to get by, you might feel that um, you can't relax, you might feel on edge, you might feel anxious. And all of these things are things we don't want, right? So what we want to do is we want to put some strategies in place for us to move forward and have non-negative self-talk, or at least reframe our negative self-talk to a place where we can really harness our own inner critic to be able to shine the way we want to. So now that we understand what negative self-talk is, how it works, what are the risky places you go with self-talk, I'm really hopeful that in our next week's podcast we can talk about how do we shift it? How do we move the negative self-talk to the positive? And then also how do we then... What are our effects of moving it to the positive? What are the positive health effects? Do we even engage in positive self-talk? And I'm hoping we can answer all of those questions and more. So thank you so much for listening today and I will talk to you all soon.